Welcome to another episode of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. I'm Max. And I'm Nikki. And together we're Max and Nikki. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about overuse of music in movies, TV, and other media and art forms. Um, well, I theater mean, theater too, actually. Um, theater but I overuse of, of, main- uh, uh, of the score for a, a movie or TV. Mainly, we're talking about that. Mainly, we're talking about TV or movie, movie or TV, the score. Um, and how it sort of, or the soundtrack or the soundtrack actually, you know, yeah. Or the soundtrack and how it, it, you know, it can be a main perpetrator in trying to elicit emotions out of its audience. Well, we'll delve into that. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, before we get into things, uh, we just want to make an announcement. Well, Uh, I mean, we, we said this in our last episode, but we recently, our band little person just released a new EP a couple weeks ago. Uh, please check that out on iTunes. It's called I Feel Fine. Um, you can go to our website, littlepersonband.com, and check it out there, or, or littlepersonbandcampcom soundcloud.com slash little-person. Oh, is it little-person? It is. And uh, or, or go to our Facebook and just check us out on Facebook, littlepersoncom slash littlepersonband. Is that what it is? That is what, yeah. That is what it is. <laughs> Second guessing everything. Well, I don't know. Oh, um, man. In any event, sneeze. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we have but a show. We wanted to make a couple more announcements. Uh, uh, we have our band has a show coming up this Sunday. If you're in the New York area, New uh, York City area, right? This Sunday, April twenty third. We are um, um, doors 2017. Open. We're playing at a venue called Berlin, New York City. In the Lower East Side. And uh, in Manhattan. And uh, the doors are op- opening at 7.30 p.m. And uh, guess what? We have like unlimited guest list spots. So if you are truly interested in going to this, uh, shoot us an email uh, or something like that and let us know like, Hey, I'd like to go see this show and we'll put you on the guest list. Add some friends too, if you'd like that, you know? And if you can't make it out to that one, we do also have a show on May 11th at the Bowery electric and we'll be in the map room there. Um, and you can find that online. Uh, that's also in Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, not quite lower East side, but I would say more like, Bordering between Soho and Lower East Side, I suppose. No, isn't it near? Aren't those all? You no, know. Well, I think the con- well, don't uh, the, Bar- uh, the Bowery Electric is kind of closer to Broadway Lafayette stop. Anyway, in any event, let's get on with our topic for today: music, uh, the way it's used in movies and in television. Why we think that. In general, nowadays, um, maybe for the past 15 years. Well, I would so, say more than that. Maybe 20, 20 years. 20, 20, 20 some no, odd years. 20 years, I would 20 say. 20 some odd years. 20 years. 20, 20 some odd years. I would say 20, though. I'd say 20, 20 some odd. <laughs> but no, I, I, I don't know if that's necessarily true for one for television. I think oh, it t- is for television, yes. 
I mean, you know, for example, Full House, you know, I mean. Oh, that is true. Okay, we'll get into that. Then Nikki is right. 20, 20 some odd years, actually. Uh-huh. Um, but then for movies, though, maybe it's more like 20 years. No? No, I would say 20, 20 some odd. <laughs> okay. Um, in any event, um, so what are we talking about? Overuse of music. Well, basically, when we talk about that, we're saying that the music is used so much Basically, the idea of uh, music in a movie is to try and elicit some sort of emotional response or to try and complliment the scene that's at hand or the emotion that's conveyed in a scene. Or to transition us from one scene to another. Or or that, or that. Um, That's true. And I think, personally, that's when it's used most effectively is when it is used uh, where there is no dialogue, you know? Um, an acting teacher. Hold once on, but said, let's hold on. Let's just fi- before let's just finish what we're talking about. So there's that, and when we're saying when it's overused is when it's basically the the movie or the television show relies on the music to try and elicit that response from the audience, the emotional response that they're trying to convey from. Uh, but it's or, not even that. Sometimes it's just kind of like. Why well, not, this, not, not elicit a response, but they're trying to invoke a, a feeling in the right. audience they're with just the music, and, and basically, what they end up, what what ends up happening is it it makes that product, whether whether it's it's a TV show or a movie, it makes it cheesy because well, but that's not okay because that's it, it's cheesy. It, but what what's happening is. Uh, the movie or television show ends up relying on that too much in a way. And it it's either distracting from the movie or the television show, or it just reveals something about the television show, the weaknesses of the television show or the movie. Or the that, lack of confidence that or the, lack of confidence. the director slash composer had in the dialogue and, and the scene itself. Scene, the scene itself. Right. Um, you know, and it's weird because even certain TV shows, it's kind of like, this would be so much better if there wasn't this music here. Right. But, um, I guess we'll get to that in a little bit. In fact, bit. it's become such a, th- it's so prevalent now that I actually dislike it. <laughs> I almost dislike well, I'd- scores altogether. Not all the time, I know, but I mean, if it's a musical, that's a different story, but... And we'll talk about that in a bit too. But hey, even, musicals, even musicals can overuse yeah. music. But I just uh, and I, I know that sounds I was talking about this subject with my older brother re- our older brother recently and it's almost like I, unless it's used for transition uh, you know transitions between scenes I actually just don't even like music in, in it at all. Well, I would say it it's good for montage scenes too. So It's good for good for montage scenes. Yes. And okay, that's I, true. I don't necessarily agree with you on on that point because no, I don't I will talk I mean bring up the Hutsucker proxy in no, a little I'm bit. No, I'm not saying and it's I know oh, I don't like the way it's used in that. I'm oh, not I'm oh, not I like it. I'm not saying that I dislike it at the, on those perfect moments. I'm just saying it's done so much nowadays that it's put a put a bad taste in my mouth when it's even used at all anymore during sure, dialogue sure. or in, in a scene that's not a montage scene, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, and uh, I, one example actually that does this effectively where it's just during the transitions, I don't even know whenever, I don't think it's used at all. I don't think music is used at all except for maybe the beginning and in the transitions between scenes. 
uh, is In the Company of Men. It's a movie with Aaron Eckhart, and I actually forgot the guy's other guy's name. Actually. But it's a Neil LeBute uh, film written and directed by playwright, usually a play, playwright named Neil LeBute. Right, um, and basically it's like they, they trust that the audience will understand the emotion and the well, it is very much and what a, the a dialogue. Being conveyed, it's a dialogue basically. heavy film, and it's dialogue heavy, and, and it's also not. And so you want to concentrate on that dialogue. And actually, it's it's a, the kind of, a kind of movie that doesn't really wallow in in emotion. It's it's and, very um, it's kind of the opposite of stop. <laughs> stop. It's sort of the opposite of... Sorry, Nikki's doing something with his hand right now, and it's bothering me. Why? Why is it bothering you? It's just annoying. No, God, it's, I'm not touching anything. Anyway. <laughs> Take that out. <laughs> In any <laughs> Anyway, um, what I'm trying to say is... Uh, oh God, come on, man. I got allergies, man. I mean... Right now, unfortunately, I'm going to be doing some blood work in the tomorrow, but I had to like stop taking my antihistamines for a few days, and it's just like, oh, it's so bothersome. I just would love, I can't wait till tomorrow I have to take the blood test, and I could just take my antihistamines okay, again. Okay, yeah, enough of, of that. So um, enough about your allergies. Uh, what I'm actually allergic to is overuse of music. Um, and what the deal is, so... There's, yeah, there's so many ways it can be used. In the company of, of men, another uh, example is in Frasier, um, and which is why I actually kind of think of it as kind of like a play in a way. A lot of episodes are done like a play. Uh, maybe it's part of it is in addition to the blocking in Frasier. Um, Pamela Fryman, who's a director on a lot of the episodes, she was hired actually because she had experience with stage, and they wanted her to direct as if it was like a staged play. Very... Staged very well. Block, very, blocking blocking is, is very great, very good. Um, and but that's a and like show. a play, or at least a good play. Sh- they there's no music going on during this, especially play. on the sort of emotionally heavy scenes, right? And you it allow just, you it allows the silence, even if it's an awkward silence, to really penetrate the scene. And and, and that's part of that's part of. The silence needs to be there because that's part of the expressiveness you know, of, ex- uh, the, of conveying a, the emotion. An acting teacher once said, if you can't improve upon silence, then don't try to do that. Right, you know? exactly. Um, so and, it, and so, and, and they only, I actually can't even think, unless there's a montage scene, I actually don't even know, or if it's uh, diegetic, is that what it is? What is yeah, diegetic is always in, in the... When it diegetic music, which is music that's in the scene itself, um, like as if it were playing, like from if there a radio was a piano player in the scene and he was playing, or, or if the yeah, radio was playing music. Um, yeah, if the radio anyway, was playing music. Frasier, I don't even think they use music at all, except for the beginning and the and, end of the show, and in transition and and when actually I'm not really even sure, not even the transitions really. Now, transitions, no, because they no, usually they just have go like to the, the title card, the title kind of, those cards, or the yeah the. They kind There's of have never, each scene is kind of it's only uh, diegetic has, has a title like a title for each. There's scene only anyway. music in the way beginning in the opening credits and the closing credits, and otherwise there's diegetic music. And that's it. Or montage music. I guess. I mean, no, no, they tr- trust me because there's an episode 
for instance, where Frazier is, uh, his protege is like, all right, well, it doesn't matter. I believe you. Let me just say he's trying to get new furniture in his household and he can't settle. Oh, right. right. His protege copies his exact, his exact layout of his whole living room. Okay. Okay. And then he's like, thinks of it as an opportunity for him to change his own living room because he likes I know, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. It's, and we don't need montage, to explain But it's a episode. funny episode, you guys should check it out. Frasier is the, one of the best episode, uh, TV shows of all time. Top um, five material. Also, another TV show, I mean, I, I would say a lot of sitcoms of the 80s and 90s, and, and before, actually, just until like the 2000s, a lot of sitcoms... A lot of TV shows, actually, in general, didn't really use, overuse music at all, you know? Oh, that's not true. I mean, Full House did? No, oh, yeah, you're right. You even mentioned that I just much. So, okay. I'm an idiot. Well, I would say, but a lot of of our favorite ones, like Seinfeld, the only times that they would use music, and they would use music, non-diegetic music, but there were usually montage scenes that they would do that for. They would never over. They would never use music over dialogue. Right. Basically, I mean, it's just distracting, straight up. And here's so an it's, example it's actually, of when it's, it's it's saccharine when you when you try to overuse music. An example is Full House. Is Full House when and they it's really cheesy. It they, just becomes you could cheesy. hear the music creeping in as a scene would become more emotionally heavy, and it, you could hear the music creeping in and. It would start to get louder. And right. in the early episodes of Full House, it wasn't so prevalent, but, and that was because it was in the 80s, and the 80s were kind of better at this. But okay. in the 90s, it really started getting louder and louder. And, yeah, um, and it's, it's not only distracting, but you're basically, it's like you're playing down to the audience. You should play up to the audience. Take the audience for smart people who are watching a show, you know? Um, and I think people, and you might say, oh, it's just people watching Full House. Those people are stupid anyway. No, they're not. Because actually Full House, I think some of those emotional scenes are actually good. And the only reason you think they're cheesy and stupid is because the music is there. Yeah, exactly. Um, in and, fact, there's uh, some fact, moments, there's, a, there's an episode where John Stamos is talking to Michelle about uh, his... His, uncle? his his grandfather his grand, or no, something. Not his, his grand uh, uncle, uncle, I think, is dies dies, and he's crying, and, and Michelle's and it's crying. Very, it's, it's very, very well acted, very touching. And I'm just thinking to myself when I'm watching the episode, why do they play music? This is a good scene going on. Oh, right there's now. another episode where Kimmy, you know, everybody forgets her birthday, and it's a really emotional, very good acting from Andrea Barber, and uh, who plays Kimmy Gibbler, and. You know, you really see this side of Kimmy that you don't see bef- before and, and at other t- other times of the show. And, oh, very good acting, very good emotion played, but it's, it is it is made slightly cheesy because of the overuse of music, you know? No, don't get me, don't get us wrong. I mean, Full House can be cheesy Obviously, just straight up at times without the music even. Um, but sometimes, though, but there it's, are moments... It's, it's, it's like those, those music, uh, those musical moments are cueing the audience to go ah like exactly and you know by the way the 70s and a little of the 80s did do it happy days actually was a culprit actually of that oh they did do that unfortunately i love happy days but they did do that a lot of times actually and it was it's just like 
take the audience to know, take the audience for smart people that they know, they know when to, you know. Yeah, Cheers is a good show where not, they don't, not, they don't really use music except for the beginning and end of the show and maybe occasionally for a montage sequence, but, or, or like transition scenes. Now, you know? here's the thing. That's not to, I don't want to diminish the, I don't want to diminish the, um, the job of a composer. I mean, we're composers. That's what's funny about this conversation is we actually, we love writing well, music. And we love music for television we've and asked, film. We've been asked to write music for like a sh- you know, short film before. And right. Check it out, by a the way. Short films. And it's, I really think Some it's of the that job music of the editor our- and, and, and director to know where to make the cuts of, for the music, you know, like a, co- a composer is generally asked to make music for the whole thing. No, that's not true. Or that's not true. That's not true. So, no, sometimes the composer is asked to make the music where it's appropriate. And that, I mean, that's the part of the job of the composer, I think, is to know where the silence should be used. Um, by the way, if you want to check out that, some of that music that we wrote, we think we're pretty proud of it ourselves. It was for a short film called The Appointment, um, and check it out. It was it's on a, a SoundCloud SoundCloud for what Max and Nikki. Just check just out. Look, just look up Max and Nikki Weinbach Ma- SoundCloud. Just type that in a Google. Right. Yeah, and it's uh, we like it. It sounds very lush. Yeah, it sounds, I'm very. It sounds like a Bernard Herman type of score. I'm into basically. it. Yeah. Um. But, I, so I guess that that well I'll I'll talk about that. Well, in, in any event, but so, um, hold you on. know, there's there's other. I mean, I, I do want to bring up good examples. Like Jump Tomorrow is another film where the music, I, I guess I don't really need to bring that up, but that the music is used sparingly, but in a very good way, only for transition scenes. And Again, the music is really good, but sometimes it doesn't, sometimes though it can heighten a scene itself, you know, right. like it, I'll give you an in example. In the case of our, the, the appointment film actually that we did where, um, you know, if, if something well, like that, I don't want to bring it, up it our depends, own example. It, it depends on the intention of the director. It depends so on the intention. The, the Hudsucker Proxy, for example, um, they use music instead. They use a Cachaturian score uh, or, or music. Cachaturian is a, a composer from uh, Armenia, uh, and uh, they, you know, he he he's famous for the, the what is it, the Sabra dance or is that saber dance? Saber dance. Well, no, I mean he's famous for a lot of stuff, but uh, but yeah, there I think that's what it's called, right? It's close something like anyway. Oh god, that's such a good scene with the hula hoop. Right. So that can that's a kind of a montage scene right there, but. He also does it on a, you know... He There's a dream it. sequence where he's, uh, where Tim Robbins is going to kiss Jennifer Jason Lee's character. And it's a dream? Uh, it's, it's not that actually happens. Or, but it's, it's a very, the way it's shot, it's very kind of like a dreamy sequence. And the music creeps in right before they kiss. And the music, in this sense, when they do kiss, it's, it reaches a climax and it's just... There's something about that kind of moment right. that so, isn't cheesy. I guess it's it is overly romantic. It's, it's com- complimenting complimenting. And so I guess you have to have a, is, you have to have a good eye for or ear for these things you have about to know, knowing when it's making something cheesy as opposed to when it's making something when it's when it's heightening the feeling and and 
Plank, ser- placing emphasis on the place, feeling and complimenting it rather than right because sometimes as telling you yeah it, so it can be used in good ways you know but basically part of it is though that it because it creeps in though as you said and it's not it's basically it's not interrupting the dialogue you know here's the thing though Overuse of music is not just, you know, it doesn't happen today. That happened a lot, though, I think, in the 40s and 50s, actually. Oh, no. Oh, it did? No, don't get me wrong. It actually happened in a lot of Alfred Hitchcock films, if you watch. Um, no, I I think some of those, really? Yeah, it's no. Too much music? Sometimes, really? yeah, like, I think To Catch a Thief, it's kind of like, oh, why is there just, like, music playing here? It's It's so weird in a way, like... They just have this music in the background during this dialogue. And that's not to say we don't like some of the, some of the music though, especially back then was really good music. Um, Oh, well, there's an example, a a movie that I think is a great movie by uh, Miyazaki. It's called Spirited Away. I think the music is really good. I think the movie is really good, but it does overuse the score uh, sometimes. And it's almost as if it's getting in the way of the dialogue and it's just like, I want to be able to hear the dialogue and sometimes sometimes music is overused in such a way that you can't even hear what they're saying and it just totally gets in the way like in uh the movie uh The Departed The, the Departed there's certain points where I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? I can't even hear what they're saying because the music is so loud. Well it's not or, even just that, it's just distracting. Yeah, I mean, you know, other movies like Christopher Nolan is a big uh, culprit. culprit of this kind of overuse of music where the music gets so like with inception or interstellar the music gets so loud i remember i didn't want to i didn't really want to see interstellar but i went with some friends and you know i, I you know i didn't pay for it so i, I saw it anyway Shh. no well i mean hey what well, you know you know I, I didn't pay for it maybe a friend did or something you know um, oh, right. um <laughs> I mean, maybe a friend didn't, you know, who knows? But um, the point is, uh, the music was so loud in that movie, it was distracting. It not only got in the way of the dialogue, where I couldn't even hear what they were saying, it actually physically hurt my ears to hear how loud the music was. It was, you know, some some of these scores today, they're just so loud. Sometimes, it's just, it's yeah, like, sometimes, it's like, it bothers me. It, 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 Physically bothers right. me. Right. Sometimes whoever is doing the mixing, I the mean, especially mixing. actually on on amateur films too, the they don't get a good mixer for the whole film in general. So the balance of the music to the dialogue is just is so off, and it's like it's either the music is either either way too quiet or way too loud, and it's surprising when it's on a big budget film, and it's like I feel like they just maybe didn't get somebody that is. Uh, mixing uh, that is good engineer for mixing you know music, music actually well oh by the way i because just want to mention have to do with one singing movie, and, and one movie where and instruments it, you know. silence would have been much much better, better than having a score was that movie gravity right and they in fact in the beginning in the beginning they said you know you can't hear sound in space or something like that right sound doesn't travel through space or something and right after that after like a few minutes they just start blasting the score throughout the whole movie and you know and what? it's like yeah the the scenes would have been a lot more palpable had they been deprived of music right had they and been deprived it, of sound really and it would have been yeah it just 
and also the the isolation feeling of just being the loneliness of being in space would have exactly would have been more uh, effective that feeling if there was no music because we would have this silence it would have been just now I, now I, here's we the did thing hear, about we, did, we, we heard did, that the director. Alfonso Cuaron didn't, didn't want, want all that music because he, it does look like a beautiful. It's a beautiful looking film. I will give right. it that. I, for I do sure. think there are some I mean, cheesy some things cheesy about things. The about dialogue, it. the script is not really. It's kind of a cheesy thing a little bit, but the the it's a very beautiful looking it's film. A, and it, and but, you know, it's kind of it's a cool idea. So Cuaron, I think, I think uh, from what I heard, is that he didn't want all that music in there, and sort of the studio forced him to have that in there. And apparently, I think there's a director's cut where a, a lot of the music is not in there. Apparently, right. Or you know, like that. it just goes to show you the studio heads don't know what the hell they're doing sometimes, you know? Yeah. Or they're, you know, it's just, I don't know. They, they assume they know what the audience wants and they just play There's something the, scary they, and lonely about space and silence really would underline would have that, that. Would, yeah. would evoke that more than or music. Or it into in, in the audience. Yeah. Members, it would, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there's these so movies. but anyway, I do want to bring up some good examples. Uh, oh, uh, the Hateful Eight, which came out a couple of years ago, or right? Yeah, or yeah, a year and a half ago. Very good movie. Very good movie. I mean, just the score is really, really just good. A master and Neil Morricone did the the Ennio music. Mar- Marconi, yeah. Ennio Morricone or Mar- Ennio Ennio Mar- Marconi. Ennio no Ennio I think no Ennio no no because it would be the th- second. To last vowels where the emphasis is placed, usually in Italian, I think, right? No, I know, but we're American. We say Ennio. I don't know, whatever. I don't don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And anyway, um, he composed the music for it, and it's really good. Um, Actually, funnily enough, is Ennio Marconi, I mean, just a little side note, Ennio Marconi wrote a lot of the original music for the thing, I believe, for John Carpenter's The Thing. Right. And, and a lot of happened- the music that didn't get used for the thing, he had been sitting on this score for a long time and he told Corn Gentino and Corn Gentino asked him if he could do the music for this movie, The Hateful Eight. He's like, Well I have No, that's not okay. He asked him if he could do it and he needed it really quickly and and Neil Marconi was like was like, I, he composed, he's like, well, maybe I'll compose a little bit of a theme for you, but you got to handle the rest. And then the next night he's like, okay, I got the theme done with a lot of the variations. And he gave him like a, almost half the score. And, and, you know, in the couple weeks remaining, he gave him like a lot of it. And he's like, okay, the rest of the film, I have the thing score basically intact still. And you could use that. That it was from what he had written, what he had originally written for the thing, but they ended up not using. So it was still original. Um, John Carpenter's the thing, not the thing as if we were using, you know, some kind of pronoun thing for, and definitely not the fantastic for, uh, well, that's, that's, but I, now you're really confusing the audience. (laughs) Hey, well, that's what I Um, like to do. Um, anyway, the, um, you know, other, I mean, so, other, but I just want to say the music is used. I think Quentin Tarantino knows how to, you he knows how to use music. He knows correctly. how to use not just a score, but he really knows how to use, uh, music in general, it, like pre-recorded music. Right. That's, well, that's the thing. Quentin Tarantino usually never has a score for his films. He usually has soundtracks for his films. Uh, in fact, I don't know. 
aside from this last movie, The Hateful Eight, I don't know of another movie that he used to, didn't had a score for actually. Am I correct about that? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe did Django someone, Unchained, did it have? I can't remember, to be honest. Well, most of the time, at least, he uses a soundtrack. Yeah, you but think about those famous scenes in Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs. You think, oh, Chuck Berry or, um, you know. Uh, or uh, what, Miserloo, uh, what's his name? Or Miserloo. Uh, uh, you, Don, know, Don, uh, uh, you know, what's his you know, face? Uh, um, you know, what's his name? Um, um uh, oh gosh what's what name? is it called uh, you know it's a uh, yeah you know well, anyway uh, what's his name again Don Don, Don no uh, Don D- Dick Dale Dick Dale Dick Dale very good um, anyway uh, yeah so you think of that kind of stuff but anyway yeah or what's what's her name again what, what's her name I, I call her the Adele of the 60s Dusty Springfield Dusty Springfield yeah, yeah okay or, or Steeler's Wheel, actually. Yeah, exactly. But all these people he used... Okay, anyway, that's the, we're just naming these people off, but it was just the soundtrack stuff. Um, but those, those, those they're used songs very are very... They're just as memorable, almost, those songs in being in the movie as some of the actual actors or you know, dialogue. Because be- they're used effectively. Yes. Um, they're not just... Uh, they're not tro- just thrown on there like that Steeler Wheels uh, uh, song, you know, it's stuck in the middle of a. Oh, I don't. Just a little oh, spoiler and list. Uh, it, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen, if you Pulp, haven't Fiction seen Pulp Fiction, Fiction at this, I mean, uh, Reservoir Dogs at this point. Sorry. Uh, Reservoir Dogs, right. If you haven't seen There's Reservoir a, Dogs at this point. So I mean, the scene is Michael you know, Madsen. Get, I mean, you know, get yourself to Mars. You know, get I mean, yourself to Mars and watch the, the Reservoir Dogs, yeah. you know, because that is a really good movie. Anyway, the scene that uh, the, the that's being you the Steelers Michael Madsen Will, is what is it? What's the song called again? Stuck uh, in the middle. Stuck with in you. the middle with you. Michael Madsen's taking his sweet time, and he's gonna cut this guy his captor cap his captee. He's gonna cut his ear off basically, and it's used very good. It's very well. It's not transition too. It's not transition. It's not the beginning of the film. It's not the end of the film. And he's talking in it too, but it's just, it heightens that it's complimentary. It's a very, the, it's a cool sort of, um, you know, uh, juxtaposition of, of this song versus what's actually going on in the right, scene. Right. Yes. It's, very good, Nikki. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, but also, you know, if, for those of you that like a little trivia, Steeler's Wheel, um, actually the lead singer was a Jerry Rafferty who went on to uh, achieve some solo fame for, uh, you know, on Baker's, or Baker Street, the song Baker Street, you know? You know, that song, you know, and that's a good song. Uh, It's very good for a saxophonist, yeah. But uh, anyway, um, I just wanted to get back to TV a little bit because, you know, there's a, a trend right now with a lot of, a lot of, Comedy, comedy series. series right now, like uh, Thirty Rock. People love this show, and I think it would be funny. Except they overuse the music so much, and the music's not just overused, but it's it's, it's cheesy, cheesy music. music. It's cheesy music. Sorry, it's, I don't want to disparage. I don't like to be disparaging, but but it is. It's, it's just it's I gotta say, it's like, like this. Uh, you know, it's this happy go lucky type of. Do, 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 right, it's, it's like that like kind of music where it's like sort of like, oh, it's whimsical and like 
but it's cute not, it's and funny, just totally but, cheesy but music. Like, and why are you doing that? Like the scenes are fu- like I think the comedy is really funny in that show, especially like you know I mean Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan is always super hilarious, you know. And but it's uh, just they use this music, and it's kind of like. Well, you're just making this show bad. You're making it a bad show right now, you know? Right. It, it's actually kind of hard for me to watch that show and and completely give it a thumbs up because I'm just like, this. the music really just kind of distracts you from enjoying the, sh- the, right. enjoying the show. Right, and I don't want to... I hate disparaging people. I don't well, like doing you know, that. Well, you know, I mean, it, we're, not, we're not mentioning the composer. I mean, I know who the... I know the guy's name, actually. I'm not going to say his name, but... I know, um, but, I mean, you know, it's kind of... You know, anyway, I just will say, though, it's like... And I'm sure, you know, he's a very capable composer. I just think... Well, why... I, no, why Max, is this don't, happening? You don't have to... You know, uh, we're not disparaging him... Personally, you you don't have to be like that for every episode. You don't have to like, you you can be honest with your feelings. You know, I mean, you, you don't. I don't know. Anyway, just the point is like this kind of thing shouldn't be done. You know, right, 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 right. Well, you, in this case, you are disparaging the composer because no, you I said know. the music itself is cheesy. You know, okay, uh, it, it is though. I don't know. I I just. It is cheesy, though. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, there, a lot of movies are doing this kind of music too, and I think it's really cheesy. It's, it's kind like, of a thing it's that a happens. Weird trend right it now. It kind of happens a lot in in Disney films, actually. Mm-hmm. Or, for instance, in the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I remember if something lighthearted happens, they have to play this lighthearted music, and it just makes it really cheesy, you know. And it's yeah, like, yeah. You know, just quit it. You know. Yeah, quit, quit it. Um, you know, not that lighthearted music can't be good. It can be good. It's just, uh, you know, I just, I don't need to be told when something's lighthearted. I know when it's lighthearted. And you know, there's a trend right now. And also like, I know this is sometimes the lighthearted music can be just cheesy. There's a, there's a trend right now where even in like plays, they'll start using music at weird spots where it's like, why? In plays? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what play? Uh, Some of the plays that, you know, uh, I saw or did in Berkeley when we were students okay, at but that's Berkeley. No, or but like musicals even. Okay, but there's, musicals there's are different things. You know, I know it sounds weird to say, oh, the score for a musical is overused, but it can be. It can be. You know, sometimes, even for a musical, I don't think when there's dialogue, when there's dialogue, plain and simple, there shouldn't be music uh, being played I'll give you over an it. example. Um, this, just, this show just ended in January, and after a long time on Broadway, uh, Jersey Boys. Um, Max saw it. No, I saw Broadway. it. It's actually not. Ba- I, I liked it. Uh, it was an entertaining show, and I, saw, uh, I usually don't like mu- mu- jukebox musicals, but this one's a little bit different because it is about it's the about lives the lives of, of the, the four, four seasons, seasons, and so Jinx, yeah, rightfully so, they have to use their music. So I I, I accept that uh, uh, you know them using the music, but usually. It ends up being a little contrived, you know, in a, a the way, musical. Sure, yeah. Uh, like Mamma Mia. Or, or, or like oh, a, or, or, well, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but I don't know. Oh, that's fine, you know. Or across the universe, you know. Um, right. Anyway, uh, Jersey Boys. It's literally though, changing the original meaning of the songs or the Or it's just being contrived songwriter. in the sense it's like, okay. We have to build I a story around the song. I know what song is going to happen now because, like, Obvious, yeah, exactly. They're building a story around the songs, and it's just kind of 
which actually can be kind of cool in a way, but it's usually done in a, not a great way. I, I think when you build a story around the songs first, then it's inevitable for the plot to become a little contrived. Right, it? you're right, right, right. Usually musicals, the songs are created around the plot, you know? Yeah, it's like, oh, there needs to be a song at this moment. Or they develop, or they help develop the plot, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, in any event, Jersey Boys, uh, and while I thought it was a good show, what it was a, n- a little annoying about it, it was, I don't think there was a moment, or very rarely was there a moment where there wasn't music at all. And basically during the dialogue, you know, there was just the kind of transitionary music, which was weird because there was dialogue still going on. And it was like, God, it was just, it's exhausting actually. What happens is it becomes exhausting. And it's like, it also makes makes the the actual songs, it makes the actual songs not as um, uh, memorable when they happen because it's like when the time that the song happens, you're just thinking, it, it I was makes already listening special. to music. It makes them less time. special. Yeah, I, mean, I was and, already listening it, to music. And Why it, is, it, it's yeah. also like it, it just makes the scenes with dialogue more phony. I mean, it's like if you had trouble with a musical already for people breaking a song, it's kind of like oh, if there's music like playing. But this goes for like movies too. If there's music playing behind dialogue, it's kind of like this is just this isn't real, you know. Yeah, although, I mean, okay, I, I don't know. now I mean, here's the thing about thing it, to say, is guess. opera, okay, you know, the thing is, opera has music all the whole time, basically, uh, although there is silences, just so you know, there are silences, I that, mean, that's what a great... Not all opera has music all the way through. No, I know, but... The magic lo- flute doesn't. Uh, well, okay, we can get into this actually a little bit different, I mean, there's something called recitative in some operas that is one of the... Um, Defining characteristics, I guess. It's one of the characteristics of many operas um but not all operas that doesn't define that doesn't make just because there's music all the way through doesn't necessarily make it you know there's a some people argue between what is an opera and what is a musical ultimately what it comes down to is who's producing it and whatever you want to call it actually and i would say the style of of performance too is a little sort of but yeah, usually there's a certain characteristics of the style. Of no, this. it's true. Like we saw recently, we saw Sweeney Todd, but it was performed by the SF Opera and it was done by opera singers. And it was a little different, you know, and personally, I, I think it, that it was not as good. It was not as good when it's sung in that operatic style. Um, you know, I think Stephen Sondheim's music is, is meant to be sung in a, a different kind of way, I suppose. Well, uh, Sweeney Todd, though, has a sort of an operatic voice, I feel. Um, anyway, sometimes, even in West Side Story, they're song, they're mu- they sing a lot of times in a sort of operatic voice. Um, but that's not an opera. I mean, really, what it comes down to is just, you know, whatever you want to call it, actually. Because there's rock operas, you know. Tommy's a rock opera, and that style is, you know... And you know, same with Jesus Christ Superstar. And, um, Hair is technically, a, apparently, a rock opera. Uh, Although I, it's you weird. know, and there's a, there's an opera it's weird called to call it a rock opera. I mean, I guess Jesus Christ Superstar is more of a rock opera because there's not really any dialogue. It's all sung through, right? Right. And there's a, a an opera called by John Adams called. Uh, I, I was, was looking at the ceiling, ceiling and then, then I, I saw the sky. sky. And the the way the songs are sung in that are more akin to what one might think of as a musical theater style of singing. However, I was looking it up recently and 
I think what John Adams even calls it is a song play or something like that. So he doesn't even call it an opera. It's very cool. Very good music to that. Very good. You know, especially the theme. Um, Oh, but other songs too in that right. too. But the, the theme, I was looking at the ceiling. Oh. I was looking at the ceiling. I was looking, looking at the ceiling. And then I saw the sky. Okay, anyway. Da, 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 da. It's very or, But there's also it's very in neo. general. Or, and then um, <laughs> there's that other song. Uh, God, that, that well, other it, song's so good. Okay. Oh my God. Anyway, by the way, it also depends on the tradition of the opera house. For instance, the I know, op- we're, we're really okay, just want to finish topic. there real quick. The Opera Comique in, in France, in Paris, uh, where the famous um, oh. Carmen was premiered uh, by Georges Bizet. Uh, did not originally have recitative, which is, you know, that dialogue that is sung that we see in opera, you know? Um, it's not the songs, you know, like the arias and stuff it, or, or the choral pieces. It's sort of the uh, this, the dialogue, sung dialogue. Okay, come on. And, and okay. the tradition at that opera house was they just had dialogue. They didn't have sing the recitative. And then when it went on tour after Bizet died... Um, then some other composer added recitative instead. And what's Just funny, to clearly define our terms, recitative is that you know, sung it's, dialogue. It's, it's sung dialogue it, like it's what I said. Max, what are you doing? You stop interrupting me or something like that, you know. But I, mean, I have a point to say. And anyway. it's not really a song, but it's like sung dialogue, essentially. Anyway. But anyway, so uh, but what's funny though is the guy who composed the recitative will later be or maybe at the same time, was one of Claude Debussy's teachers, in fact. I don't know if you knew that. This is getting a little esoteric. Claude Debussy is a French, was a French composer. Very good if the you have The best, if maybe. Maybe the one, Maybe the best. Maybe the best. Maybe the best. Maybe. That's a, arguably, arguably. Uh, but I love, I love oh, Debussy. He's very good. He's mm. very good. But um, um, anyway, so just overuse of music. You know, just don't do it, you know? Right. I so, mean, but uh, anyway, you were talking about current television shows. I mean, uh, what, what other ones? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say a lot of dramas these days are not doing that, which is good. Like, oh, like Game Mad of, Men. Mad Men or Game of Thrones. Or Game of even. Thrones, yeah. You don't really hear overuse of music in that show at all because. They, the writers and directors really trust their audience. They really trust the material, actually. They trust their own material. They trust yeah. their own material speak for itself. I think when, that, that's, when it comes down to it, when music is overused, the director or writer just doesn't trust their material enough, doesn't trust the actors enough to pull off the, right. uh, necessi- the, actors- the, the needed emotion to be conveyed. Right. So it diminishes need- the role of the writing and the acting. And the directing. And the directing. Uh, when you overuse music. And I don't like it. Not one bit. Um, and I think that's all we have to say on the subject. And the final, what's the final word, Nikki? Uh, I'm just trying to think of if there's anything else I wanted to say about this. You know, our older brother actually did his... His honors thesis in college was about this subject, and it was a long. So he had a lot to say about right, it. Right, and he kind this, of feels, which I think I, I agree with as far as movies go. Although I, he doesn't, I don't know if he brings this up the the fact that it was in the fifties and like 
some older movies that they overused music, but he kind of felt that the start of the mid nineties really the started, mid-90s trend of, started of, that of, trend. Like you really see it in Titanic. That's like Titanic a marker, yeah. a big marker of the way um, movies, movies started, started you know, of, of when music started to be over. But you know, that's not to say all movies are not like that. I mean, movies that came out, a re- movie that came out recently is Moonlight. Actually, it does not overuse music. And I think that it uses it effectively actually. Or, 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 Oh, I wanted to say this sometimes, you know, like uh, No Country for Old Men, it's almost which is a Coen Brothers movie, and I I love the Coen Brothers. They're one of the best. You know, they're 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 a couple of the best filmmakers of all time. Right. Although they, I No they, Country for they, Old Men, they, they they you can barely. There's almost no music, but it almost seems like, and I'm gonna go against the grain on this, or it, against it, yourself. Oh, it almost seems like it's a little too forced that there's no music, and almost as if. Oh, maybe certain parts could have used music or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, I understood what they were doing. I I'm hard pressed to find a movie by them that I don't think was made well. You know what I mean? In other words, I may not have agreed with their intention or on a taste level, I might not like certain things, but I will always say that they make they they are good at what they do, you know? Sure. They are always good at what they do. Yeah. Or at least good at what they do. And they're, they've they're done great, some of though. our favorite films of the, all time, you know? The Hudsucker's Proxy. The Hudsucker, Hudsucker Proxy. Um, you Bart know, Fink. The, the Big Lebowski's probably top five material for best comedies of all time. Um, but, you know, you know, I don't know. It's just like some of these films like Titanic. I guess James Cameron is like a... a big, James Cameron, yeah. He Although, just does that a lot. Is, I don't know why... I mean, James Cameron. But he used to not, you know, he used Terminator, to be Terminator 2, 2, Judgment Day. That's one of the best great, films of all time. Or like, um, you know, Aliens. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I don't know what happens. Sometimes when, although Terminator 2 is a big budgeted film, I, I just, part of it though, I hate to say it because I think Steven Spielberg can be very good director actually, but I feel like he kind of maybe started a trend actually. No, Nikki, do you agree with me? Maybe. On that? I think maybe Jurassic Park maybe started, you know, well, using also music maybe too, even, know? I mean, Schindler's List maybe. Did that No, you, no, no. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I do mean, think like the way ending of that movie is a bit saccharine, but if you cut out the way ending, it's a great, great it's movie. It's a very it's good movie. Oh, that's a great movie. movie. I mean, it's it's a it great is. Movie. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I, maybe I'm misremembering. They shouldn't have had that way ending thing. And I understand he wanted to pay his respects, you know. I understand that. It just it becomes a little saccharine. It just becomes a little like, okay, a little too saccharine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like hitting you over the head with it. You know, right, you know. right, 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 right. Um, um, it doesn't yeah. really have to do with music Although, as much. You know, yeah, so, um, I mean, may, maybe I'm... Maybe I'm going out maybe it's a little maybe i shouldn't say steven spielberg you know maybe i shouldn't say that I, anyway maybe the I'm point wrong is like maybe uh just filmmakers in general in general uh s- started um just overusing music in the yeah. mid 90s onward you know right um, although as i said it's not happening you know all the time nowadays i feel like you know there's a maybe of a renaissance or uh, you know maybe it's like the younger filmmakers back then who detested that type of thing are now making you know, the films now and they're like no we're making it the way did, we like you know, it uh, uh, you know you got your recent uh, academy award winner for best director uh damien chazelle who did who directed la la land and and whiplash and he 
you can tell that he's he was a musician at one point, and he was. He was a, a, a drummer, and um, he has a real appreciation for music, and he does not overuse the music at all in in either of his two big films. Um, he uses it right. He uses it well, and um, he just uses it effectively, sometimes for these really, really cool montage scenes, oh. including the end, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa, including oh, one of the most sh- beautiful montage sh- scenes I've I've ever seen in film, which sure. happens in La La Land. No, yes, spoiler, Nikki, please what? do I'm, not. I, I don't know how that that's a real spoiler. It doesn't matter. I mean, you know, I just don't want. I'm not. I'm just saying. There's a cool montage scene. Anyway, um, I know, but, but also I just, in Whiplash, spoiler alert. In Whiplash, say, also I, like you really alert. see how much of an appreciation for music he has and uh the music is used very well and it's not it's never used to cover up any dialogue you know and that's uh that's a good thing anyway uh so um so what's the final word the final word i think we already said the final word actually if you're a director if you're yeah if you're director make sure Make sure you don't overuse your music, huh? <laughs> if you watched Full House, you would get that. And that is something we were referencing earlier. You know, if, if have faith in your material, have faith in your actors. And if you don't, then perhaps... And have faith in yourself. If you don't, then don't use music to cover that up. Rather, revise the work. Or, you know, sometimes very good editing can help, actually, you know, a film. Sure. You sure. know, and that way you're actually utilizing... Jaws. Yeah, Jaws. Jaws that's almost well wasn't, did not get released because, because it, it, you know, they just, there were a lot of mistakes that were made and mistakes were made. Uh, and in, uh, there in, was a uh, woman. Uh, was this, there was a I woman. She her. was in, like an assistant editor at, for Universal and... She came up with a great way she to said edit she, the they, film. She said, I can save it. I can, she save, said, this I can film. save this film. And then she became, she just, she, I think she got. She became a star well, in, 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 in the editing field, world, I guess, or something like that. Uh, anyway, so the fi- that's the final word. And uh, so don't so overuse music. Don't overuse music. It's plain and simple. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. And look out for our next episode.